0: Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck
1: into
2: pop culture With Stick
0: Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that's physically abused more of its fans than Justin Bieber
3: Brought to you by Ferrero Rocher The ambassador's receptions are noted in society for their host's exquisite taste that captivates his guests. Or fascist (laughs) chocolate. Bam. Well, I hope he's never ambassador for anything. If you didn't get that joke, by the way, it wasn't meant for you. (laughs) We're an elitist shit of a podcast. Um, How did
0: we get them on board, Al?
3: um, Basically, I've been posing as uh, German... Uh, I, <laughs> I nearly said aristocrat there I've been posing as a German Ari- I can't say it without saying cat Yeah, I've been p- posing as a German aristocrat uh, that, that was a great film though <laughs> it was. Yeah, Ari- <laughs> Aristocrats <mate. laughs> I can't even say it I can't say it right <laughs> It's like my brain wasn't, wouldn't formulate it With the R in there um, Yeah, so I've been posing um, While, you know, getting our Swiss bunker renovated I've been posing as a high-functioning ambassador, and um, obviously Ferrero Rocher <laughs> desperately wanted to get on board. They're going to be bitterly disappointed, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, we got paid in chocolate anyway. Yours is in How the much? post. Um, we, oh, okay. We got an entire platter, which I believe is the only <laughs> way to eat Ferrero Rocher. Is it
2: like in a sort of pyramid shape? Yeah, a
3: huge pyramid shape, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: If you take one from the bottom, does it all come falling down? Probably. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Just like the European Union. Test it it <laughs> oh, <oof>. oh, hey! <laughs> Biting satire.
3: <laughs> wow. Right, uh, welcome to music episode. I want to say seventeen. Oof, I, I think you're right. Wow, well, first really. time ever. Um, <laughs> Don't uh, get too excited. I think. You're right. <laughs> I'm Alex Wayne, your host for today. I'm here with. Music expert Michael Johnson, what up yo? Uh, music expert Clive Fisher, hey hey, and music and musicals expert James Cable, bonjour. Um, I believe we've got a plethora of musical content for you today, uh, so we'll get started. A platter even. Oh yeah, a platter. <laughs> Pyramid shapes platter. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we'll get going in Sheffield with James Cable. What have you got for us?
0: Okay, where shall I go first? Shall I go do you do you want me to go to London or uh, Paris? Paris. 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 Okay, we'll go to Paris. <laughs> Unanimous. Okay, um so the first thing I'm gonna talk about is the new album by um French electronic duo Justice, um, called Woman. Justice are I like I like saying the names, so I'm gonna read them out. Gaspard O Gaspard Auger and Xavier de Rosnay. I was I was reading up on them earlier, I know a lot about them, but I was reading up about them and someone described them as Daft Punk with tighter jeans, which I think was quite a good uh, fitting description. Um, They're sort of like, they're both what I would describe as dirty Frenchmen. Um, (laughs) Christ. They're they're a bit unkempt with leather jackets, tight jeans, beards. um, Kind of a bit like Clive, but more French than Swiss. I am not very French. But yeah, so Justice are known for incorporating um, strong rock and indie influences into their music and their image. Um, in 2007, they released their debut, which was Cross, which was... It was just a cross, but on the album cover. And that's sort of their image, which they, they've kept throughout. It's sort of their Christian sort of imagery, which I don't know why, why they've associ- associated themselves with Christianity, but um, I don't think they're a Christian band at all. But anyway, they, that, that album was a collection of precisely tinkered, uh, glitchy electro-pop um, bangers. You probably remember the track D-A-N-C-E. Um, do the d a n c e one two three four five Here's that one do now yeah. um, their follow up in two thousand and eleven was uh, called audio Vi- video disco and it was just as precise and tight sounding but it was a bit less glitchy and in your face it was more laid back um, but it was still full of emotion and um beats it was something you'd you'd save with a few friends around a table rather than a house party but it was just as it was just as good um, and this year um they've brought us what I can only describe as the perfect contemporary disco record. Um, there's so much soul, psychedelia and funk across these ten tracks. Um, they're back doing what they do best, which is making us move our feet. And yeah, it's just really, really, really good. Um, I'm trying not to get up and dance around just thinking about it. Something else about Justice, which which I which I love and which I enjoy, is they're just so damn hilarious. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't... I don't know how they do it, but it's just, just for me, everything they do is funny, and it's in the most respectful way possible. And what I mean is, the, way that they, the sounds that they make, and the noises they make, um, with almost every new instrument that they bring in, they just somehow manage to inject this incredible sense of um, awe and humour. I don't mean it in, in that it's comedy music, it's not that at all, it's just, it's humorous joy. Um, it's like, wow, they did that, they went there, they're doing this, and this is just fucking incredible. Uh, and one of my friends and I, whenever we're together and we listen to Justice, we're always just, like, imitating the sounds and the noises and laughing and smiling at how, just how good they are and how the different parts come together in the different songs. Um, and, yeah, that's that's one of the things with them, that the way they bring this, everything together, the precise attention to detail which they put into their music is just so evident across all their music. Uh, it's easy to imagine them in, in the studio, spending hours and hours, just tinkering with every instrument, every be every note just making it all sound like come together perfectly and it's just perfectly crafted within the within this record and all their music but particularly on this album um but yeah maybe, maybe it just comes naturally to them maybe they don't spend hours and hours but but yeah it's just amazing and the first time i listened to this album i instantly loved it which moored me slightly because with the other two albums especially the second album i didn't instantly love them but they, they there was so much room to grow, and they both grew on me and grew on me until I loved them, loved them and like knew them inside out. Um, I didn't see quite as much potential of this one, because when I first listened to it, I already it already seemed like I knew it so well. Um, perhaps it's because it was a disco-y influenced one, and they'd more... I don't know, it's less experimental, but more like... I don't know, it was just more... I, I just instantly felt like I knew it, but but I was wrong, and I've listened to it more and more, and I've just delved into it, and I've just lost myself in it, and it's just, yeah, it's so good. Um, And I'm just going to end my review on a quote from one of the songs. a quote from the track Pleasure, which I think is track two. Um, It's a vocalist, sings, use imagination as a destination, which I think they've clearly (laughs) done on this album and and, and in all their music. And I would would put them as second only to Daft Punk in French musical duos um, that I love. And yeah, it's really, really good. Justice Woman. Sweet. Wow.
3: That does sound good. Um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've never really listened to it. I'm assuming, Michael, you will have listened to them at some point. Yeah, well, the first album uh, is a classic by
1: all accounts. I'd certainly say so. Um, personally, I didn't really like the second one, so that's probably why I haven't had too much interest in this, but I'll definitely try and give it a listen at some point. Um so yeah, the, so the, when that first album came out, it was just at the end of my first year of university and listened to it a lot. I can still listen to it now. Um, but yeah, I just didn't really get the second album, which happens sometimes. Um, but one thing I would mention is that when I was at university, I wouldn't say I knew this person, but I knew of someone who um, quite pretentiously
3: insisted on calling them Justice. Oh dear! <laughs> Why was he calling him Justice? Because they're French. I tell you what, whoever that know, person is, needs to get in the fucking seat. <laughs> oh, Jesus!
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I know, I know what you mean, though, Michael. I, I didn't, I didn't get the second album f- at first. I didn't really. I liked it, but I didn't. I just didn't think it was that great. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then I did listen to it more and more, and I just, I just delved into it, and I got more and more out of it the more I listened to it, and then I sort of. Yeah, I don't know if I love it more than the original, but it's definitely it's definitely very different anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's I'm, more... Yeah. I it's less uh, dancey and more sort of... I, th- I don't know, they've always got classical and sort of um, influences like that, but yeah. I felt like it was more based on influences and like they were just wanting to portray what they could do. Mm-hmm, yeah, um,
1: But yeah. Definitely, definitely a lot more... of um, rock influence in their sound as well.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They have still got that. I mean, this album's this album's more it's more discoy, but it's definitely still got that. There's a track called Heavy Metal, right, um, which is a nod <laughs> to sort of rock and metal music. Yeah, it's not particularly metal, but it's got a nod to it, and it's a bit more proggy. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be trying to do that at some point. I would have thought, yeah, Clive,
2: you listen to this at all? I've not, no, I've not, never listened to Justice. I had it on when, when
0: you walked in, Clive, so.
2: Um, oh, no, I have listened to Justice. They were on when I came in. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. All right. good, uh, good soundtrack to putting up her mic stand.
3: <laughs> that's uh, that's going here. on the box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. Okay, um, from Sheffield, we'll uh, hightail it back to Stockton. Uh, Michael, what have you got for us first?
1: Okay, well, I had two. I had two albums that have uh, just come out that I wanted to try and listen to um, before the podcast and talk about, but um, that didn't happen. So I've gone for two albums in similar veins to them to talk about instead. Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was the new album from The Weekend, but for some reason, even though it was supposed to come out on Friday, it's coming out tomorrow now. So I haven't heard it yet. Um, but instead, after the weekend, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Way up>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, instead, I'm going to talk about um second album by Travis Scott, uh Houston-based artist, uh, Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight. Uh Scott released his first album, Rodeo, last year, which I thought was a pretty good album last year. um showed a lot of promise, very enjoyable. Uh, stylistically, he registers somewhere between uh, the trap-influenced auto-tune superstars of the South that I've talked about before, most prominently, future, and the Toronto movement, um, most typically represented by Drake and The Weekend, uh, but e- even within that, he's I would say Scott as a producer as well has developed a distinctive strand of bleepy trap indebted, very bouncy, and sometimes orchestral beats. And as as a writer, I would say he also has an ear for a beat riding melody, which interlocks perfectly with the sort of music he produces. Uh, and he's, he's also certainly made an art form out of auto-tuned ad-libs on his music, which seem to... They, they almost blend in to become part of the beat as much as they do the vocals. Um, this is a very... Like like his first album, this is a very collaborative effort. Um, he's been closely associated with good music, Kanye West's label, in the past. And as a producer, I think there's something similar to Kanye about him in the sense that brings artists together and um, producers also. And Helms the whole process, but it still involves a lot of collaborative efforts with other people um specifically the Jesus era style of Kanye's music seems to have been a big influence on Scott and seems to be where his sound is located uh the the guests the musical guests on this album are pretty much royalty. Scott spoke a lot about how excited he was about the people he'd managed to get on the album and how they really pushed him and brought up the best in him We've got the likes of veterans such as andre three thousand but then other up-and-coming, exciting young American artists like Bryson Tiller, who um, is supporting The Weeknd when I'm going to see them in March in Newcastle. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, But then also on on the singles from the album, you couldn't really ask for bigger bigger guests, really. You've got Kendrick Lamar, Young Thug, and The Weeknd himself. So the first five tracks on the album are particularly exhilarating. That's a run from uh, the opening track, The Ends, to the fifth track, the brilliantly named Biebs in the Trap. Um, and about, about, there's probably about 10 songs worth of ideas and material in those songs, It very much gives the impression of a multi-part suite. Um, so it's never, never boring. I would, descri- I would describe the sound that Scott has as night music, particularly reflected in the lyrics as well. It's a very crucial thematic element and I would say the production matches uh, its very digitised, sleek and creeping style that's reminiscent, no surprise that there was a track on the first album called Nightcrawler. And lyrically it's not going to be for everyone, it actually reminds me of a book that I've just finished reading, uh, Less Than Zero by Brett Easton Ellis, in the sense that Scott refuses to flinch in the face of rabid hedonism, that's very much the, the lyrical style of the album, which won't be for everyone. Uh, but that's it's probably fairly typical of music in this style, personally it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Um, I know that the album, in my opinion, the album's been quite underrated. It's had probably a fairly divided, if not weak, um, reception. <laughs> but I've been, I've been a big fan of both of Scott's albums so far, which is why I've, I thought it was uh, be good to talk about it and show my support for this one. Uh, my fa- favourite tracks are probably Through the Late Night, which, going back to um, the night themes that I was talking about, ties in perfectly with that. And also the Bryson Tiller featuring First Take, which is the most a song that sounds very much like it could have been on views by drake from this year. Um I just I get the sense that the lyrics are probably what turn a lot of people off. I think if for example this was a concept album and all the lyrics were about were like written as a response to a book or something like capital in the 21st century or something like that then it would be disproportionately better received than it has been. I think the lyrics are a central part of that. Uh but for me it's just a fun listen. And very underrated in that sense. So I think Scott still... I think he sh- he's shown a lot of promise as an artist Two albums in. I wouldn't say this album is particularly... Shows a lot of growth since Rodeo, but it's still very exciting. Um, there was a lot of tension with the label about getting this album out. Scott was um, quite desperate to get it out. Didn't happen as quickly as he would have liked, which I think shows that sort of millennial lack of patience that we might associate with young artists. Um and perhaps it's to his detriment that he's he's showing no signs of slowing down. He wants to put out another album next year. I think he's got he's pl- it's planned that he'll be at the centre of the um, creative process for the good music album, Cruel Winter. Although I don't know how uh, much that'll be affected by things that have happened to Kanye in the last week or so. Um, but yeah, he's a very interesting young artist um, who I'm, I've enjoyed listening to so far. And if he continues to produce this sort of consistency, even if it wasn't for most people, then this sort of level of, of album will do
3: for me going forward. All well, right, okay, fantastic. Um, I, not you know, have not even having my finger anywhere near the pulse of music, haven't really heard of this. Um, I'm pretty much checking the abdomen for a pulse and it's not finding anything. <laughs> um, Cable, you're probably the closest hip-hop expert we have to Michael, have you heard this? <laughs>
0: I've not heard it. I've heard of Travis Scott, but I've not listened to him. Um, I think I've just heard him mentioned in when you know in the sort of circle of things, but okay. never actually listened to his stuff. But this is intriguing, so yeah, might give it a go.
3: All right, um, Clive, you're. I mean, you're definitely on the pulse of music, but you're often as much of a layman when it comes to this genre <laughs> as me. Have you heard this at <laughs> all? Well?
2: I've not. No, again, I've heard of him. Probably from reviews or something, but yeah, have not. Sounds intriguing though, but yeah, my hip hop listening is not extensive at the minute. I, don't, I think you've... I keep I keep listening to stuff and going, it's not as good as NARS, and then putting NARS back on.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, um... not helping my exploration of hip hop. But... Yeah, I mean
1: with, within
2: <laughs> hip hop, we're talking
1: different universes, obviously. Um, in yeah. terms of NARS and this, I think Travis Scott, out of some of the artists I mentioned, is far less known on this side of the. Uh... The Atlantic as compared to some of those other artists. Um, Although I think the album did perform fairly well here commercially when it first came out. But yeah, uh, it's sometimes hard to say why that is, but um, I don't think he's that well known as of yet.
3: Right, fantastic. Cool. Uh, From that, we're back to Sheffield, but we're going to a different source. He's a man who's been frequently confused with various people. Carlito, David Louise, <laughs> Sideshow Bob. He's also been described as the most rambunctious man ever to come out of Switzerland. Rambunctious.
2: Oh, thanks. Quite an introduction. <laughs> quite an introduction. All those are actually true facts. So. Well, I don't know whether I've been confused for them, but. <laughs> Carlito. So. Especially Sideshow Bob. No, someone, a kid did once go,
3: You look like Carlito. And then I told him, he was like,
2: Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Sideshow Bob is a definite regular thing. Whenever I go to the hairdressers, they're always like, so what do you want? You're making a damn fine job of looking like Sideshow Bob at the minute. <laughs> Literally had that three times I would have been to the hairdresser. <laughs> Twice from the same woman. But I, didn't, I didn't, material, didn't want to break her heart yeah. and tell her that she'd used that joke before. <laughs> um, anyway, so... <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about one. I've been listening to loads and loads of stuff, but yeah, I'm gonna talk about one, which is my favourite one that I've been listening to from this year anyway. And that's um The Avalanches with Wildflower, which came out um a few months ago, I think. Which is uh The Avalanches are a plunderphonics band, which I had not heard of before uh looking this up on Wikipedia, which is apparently, you know, um the art, the art of making music mainly through using samples. Um, which is what they do they had a very famous first album since i left you from 16 years ago i think so it must have come out in 2000 and this has been in the making since then and um, they've been working on this for 16 years it's taken that long due to probably the ridiculous amount of time it takes to make something like this where you're putting so many different samples together and also I'm, i believe because of the time it takes to get clearance to be allowed to use the samples and stuff and then I imagine sometimes it comes back and they, you can't use it so then they have to rewrite the whole song <laughs> I imagine crap like that happens constantly so yeah, it seems to be a very long and laborious process but it's been really, really worth it um, it's got, like I say, it's mainly made up of samples the samples are, in this case, mainly I've not listened to the first album so I don't know how it compares to that in terms of where it gets its samples from but from this one's mainly 60s psychedelic music um, it features multiple guest co- collaborators collaborators, uh, vocal collaborators but they don't, it's not obvious, like it could, the vocals over the top could easily be a sample as well, and that's something that they apparently strive to do, to try and make the, the vocals fit in with the rest of it, so that it could all just be a load of samples. Um, but some of the vocals are actually for the tracks. I'm not sure which ones, but I suspect it's, particularly there's quite a few of the tracks have some rapping over the top, I suspect it's those. But um, I'm not certain. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's like an hour and four minutes long, which is unusual for me to like an album that long but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I put this on basically every morning when I get to school, when I'm prepping shit for the <laughs> for the day. And it's just an hour and 4 minutes of like really happy. It's just like a really really good feel-good album. There's loads of different stuff going on, but unlike a lot of feel-good albums where it's kind of en- entertaining on the surface, there isn't but there isn't much to it. I think that's a risk that sort of happy music sometimes takes. This is totally not like that. There's so many layers and so many interesting things going on and because there's samples from all over the place, like rapping from now, samples from the 60s, and then there'll be a bass line from the, whatever, 2000s, and it just sounds, it all meshes together to make this really unique kind of positive sounding sound for the whole hour and four minutes, and yeah, I I just absolutely love it, really. I don't have tons to tons of analysis to say about it or anything like that, but I just... I think it's a really, really good album that people should listen to. Um, I put it on the other day to uh, me and Claire were doing some marking. Claire's the other NQT at school. Newly qualified teacher, for those who don't know all the teaching. Hoo-ha. The acronyms. (laughs) Bloody love acronyms, that's for sure. Um, We were marking and listening to this, and she loved it. So I think people who probably necessarily wouldn't normally listen to it should check it out, because it's just really, really damn good. And it's quite... Despite it being pretty experimental and crazy, it's very accessible, I think. All the... Yeah, there's just so many really, really good samples, and there's the odd hilarious one, like there's one... Some sort of... I think it's a TV commercial taken from a film or something where some guy's going on about ethereal cereal. (laughs) It's amazing.
3: (laughs) I want some of that for breakfast. (laughs) But I would have a really slow... He's talking about ethereal cereal and and
2: (laughs) and how it has three units more of pectin than any other cereal or something and then some guys go in no shit just <laughs> <Which> is brilliant <laughs> random uh, interludes like that and yeah but it's a brilliant mesh of sound and a good great celebration of music i think is probably what i would say about it so many different samples from all over the place and they work together so brilliantly and yeah i can only imagine how long this kind of thing must take to make just because of the amount of things that they've put together and had to Whatever, beat match and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And it just flows seamlessly from one into another. Yeah. Check it out. Really, really, really good. Probably my favourite album of the year so far, which is pretty high praise. So,
3: all right. at the minute anyway. <laughs> I've heard of this band and I've heard maybe one song. I believe they've got a famous song, but I can't remember it. To it a
2: Psychiatrist. I think <laughs> that might be the one I've heard.
1: How does that Straight go? Straight in there. How does it go? And give
3: us a, a, a hum.
1: Yeah, give us a, give us a demo. Give us a sample. I wouldn't even know where to start. It's, it's <laughs> one of those manic songs you'll ever hear. Right, okay. What's it called again? Frontier Psychiatrist. I'm getting it on. Are you,
3: are you a fan of this band, Michael?
1: Well, I've never listened to them. Um, <laughs> the first album was is certainly one of the most acclaimed albums of the early century. Um, and on Rate Your Music, um, basically the site collects together um, the ratings of all of your friends and produces a top 25 albums as rated by your friends on the site. Um, and I think this is the only one in the top 25 on mine that I've not heard. It's been in their years and I've never heard it. And I know why I've never heard it. It was because I read once when I was reading about it and was interested in hearing it that some of the samples were removed for copyright reasons and that sort of thing really annoys me. Uh, so that's that's the simple reason why I'd never heard it because I wanted to hear the album as it was supposed to be heard um, but it's probably about time that I got over that and gave it a whirl at some point um, so I haven't heard the new one either um, but you can t- certainly tell from the album cover um, the sort of era that it's been influenced by as Clive alluded to so yeah, a very interesting act I've only heard Frontier Psychiatrist which as I say is uh, <laughs> quite a balmy track unlike anything <laughs> else
2: you've ever heard um, but un- unfortunately I've never listened to them properly there's certainly yeah balmy tracks on this as well but it's just damn damn good
0: yeah, I I've listened to this, but I don't think I don't think I really appreciate. I listened to it and I I think I listened to it at work in the background and I re- did really enjoy it. But I didn't sort of listen to what it was, so I didn't really get the whole samples thing. And I've ha- I've got a couple of tracks on playlists actually, so I must have really liked it. Um, so I need to give it some time to listen to it properly. I think.
2: Yeah, you got it. It's kind of I think it is an album you need to put on pretty loud. Because it's yeah. the, it's kind yeah, of yeah. like, especially the first track, it like starts with sort of da-da, 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 and then it's like really sort of celebratory, I don't know what the bloody instrument is, I think it's a piano or something comes in, but it's just like, yeah, it's like, right, let's party. There's a brilliant quote actually on um, Wikipedia, which you may have to edit out while I <laughs> <laughs> quickly find it again, because I had it up a minute ago. But...
0: Saturday Night Inside Out is the one that I've got on a playlist. I don't know if you rings ring the bell. Um, I'm not that um, well
2: versed in what the names are because I always just put it
0: on and listen to the whole. It's thing. actually it's the last song, so.
2: But. Well, second to last song? It's brilliant. Yeah, it's got a good album cover as well. It does. It's lots of colours on it, which yeah. I am a fan of. Right, hang yeah. on. Would you say it was We've an
0: avalanche it. of like quality? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow. <laughs> I probably would actually, yeah, it's pretty good And um, this is a quote from 2007 when people were wondering where when the album was going to come out And I think it's <laughs> Nine quite <years> an amusing <laughs> uh, quote about what it kind of is This is from yeah a post on the Avalanche's official site in 2007 It's so fucking party you will die Much more hip-hop than you might expect Ended up sounding like the next logical step to Since I Left You, the first album we just had to go around in a big circle to get back to where we belong. And one day, when you least expect it, you'll wake up and the sample fairy will have left it under your pillow. Wow, that's what he put. And I woke up in yeah a couple of months ago, and the sample fairy had left it under my pillow. God, am I happy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. At you. that point, it wasn't even halfway to the dis-
1: the distance between the two albums. Yeah. Is this, um, no, it was. this
3: isn't George R R Martin. It's a very slow release. Very frustrating. Well, okay. I
2: haven't, you know, I'm not hedging my bets that I'm going to be alive when the next one comes
3: uh, <laughs> out. Ditto with the next game of A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. Okay. So we're staying in Sheffield now. I feel having given Clive an introduction, I need to give everyone one. Uh, my apologies oh in advance. Well, it's not because I deserve one, but just yeah. he's, he's, he's often confused for Ed Sheeran, Abraham from The Walking Dead. And Garfield. He got that <laughs> funk. It's James Cable.
0: <laughs> nice. Got right. funk in the trunk. So from, from an electronic duo in Paris, we're going to one in London. Um, so I'm going to talk about the new album by Dusky called Outer. Um, they've been making music under the name Dusky since 2011, but they've been producing together music um, since they were at school in the 2000s, in the noughties. Um, The music they produce under Dusky, the name Dusky, is is firmly rooted in techno and house music, uh, but its influences are widespread. Um, There's elements of jazz, classical music, soul, avant-garde electronic music, liquid and dub. Um, One of the things that Dusky have done so brilliantly over the last five years is tackle different strands of electronic music and make them their own. Um, and they've managed to do this so effortlessly and with so much sincerity that it's just, it's just they've made it their own, and they've managed to carve themselves their own place within the vast sea of artists within within their field. Um, and there's no one doing quite what they do, in my opinion. Um, they clearly know their music. You can tell from how precisely they put together their songs and just the variety of the stuff that's in there. Um, I've seen them several times. I saw them. I've seen them. Do, I saw them do an eight-hour set um, called "Take a Trip 2." It was the second of their two, well, second of the series, which I did uh, in London, Oval Space. So they did two eight-hour series. But this is the second one. It spanned like a wide range of genres, um, from sort of more mainstream house music, uh, and then it ended. It sort of got it got harder and harder, and at the end, it ended with hard techno music, and it was just, it was just incredible seeing them. Span the diff- all the all these different genres so effortlessly and like it, t- it sort of took you on a trip as as it said in the in the description and yeah it was just amazing and it sort of um, it sort of just emphasised to me all the influences they put together into their songs and they're not af- not afraid to wear these influences on their sleeves in bright colours so on this album there's you can see all the influence and um, so there's there's nostalgic euphoric. Um, Balearic sounding track called Ingrid is a High Grid which is just incredible and I think that's the first one which came out and yeah it just blew me away Um, it is very euphoric and sort of Ibiza sounding Uh, and then there's a track which has a spoken word word jungle style intro uh, called Runny Nose in which the MC describes working class music as a melodic melodic bass line with a lot of crazy shit around it Um, (laughs) they aren't afraid to put themselves out there so they indulge in these cheesier moments, and they even sort of they do they, do, they indulge in all sorts of different things. But they they've got quieter non floor moments, which is sort of a, a step in a different direction for them. Basically, they're just doing what they want, and they're doing what what they think sounds great. And um, they employ the likes of Wiley, um, who's um, one of the godfathers of grime, and that's a, a nod in the direction of one of UK, one of the UK's um, major musical sort of. Um, movements of late um, there's there's a track with indie influence vocals from a guy called Solomon Gray, it's called Long Wait and it sounds like it shouldn't work having like th- that style of vocals with sort of deep bass lines and frantic house melody um, but it just does and, and there's a collaboration with Gary Newman um, on a track called Swansea I can understand why some people might be unimpressed with the sort of amalgamation of styles and influences on this album if you're just looking for if you just know a Dusky for one of the things they do, and you're looking for that, um, but there's so much going on here, and I can understand that. But what first, what first seems like a mishmash of all these different things with no real focus? There's there's so many different styles, experimentations, influences, collaborations, recognitions, and ideas. There's just so much going on. But despite all that, they managed to pull it all off, and they pull it together into one piece of original work which is undeniably dusky. Um, They've still got their own sort of sound, it's still very London, it's still still definitely dusky. Um, And to me Variety is a spice of life and the graceful way in which they do it on this album uh, is delivered and packaged together, just makes it all the more captivating. Uh, It's a complete record, it's very well paced and structured, it's a proper album, um, by which I mean like not, It's not a collection of songs, I've, th- I've said this before, but it's like a full album. Like It's got a start, it's got a finish, it's got ups and downs, it flows really well. Um, and yeah, it's just really, really good. I'm very impressed with it. Um, I should also mention that I've met one of the guys from Tusky. Um, one of my friends, um, his girlfriend, manages, is, works at a company that manages them, and she got us backstage passes, and I was just, I was just dancing backstage, and he was just dancing there as well, and it just said hi to him and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it was, he just seemed like a really nice guy and just really down to earth. Which, um, I don't know, you don't necessarily expect from, you know, musicians who, you know, well-known musicians who are performing. I know it was backstage, but it just seemed really, it was just really cool. And yeah, they were just really nice guys, and yeah, they're really, really good. So dusky alter.
3: Mm, another one that's well over my head, but sounds interesting. Michael, any thoughts? No, I'm afraid not. I've not heard of them. Um I mean, it certainly sounds like um
1: you know, there's a lot of electronic music that's um it's probably a genre where there's there's probably a higher proportion of uh artists who are aware of um new developments and what's going on. So it's, it sounds like it ties into that. Um Yeah, definitely. definitely. Than there is in other genres, is what I was gonna say. Um but yeah, um I've not I've not heard of them personally. But again, um that's also probably typical of electronic stuff. There's so much out there,
2: it's difficult to keep track.
3: Mm. Clive, listen to this at all? Has Cable played you anything? I don't.
2: I feel like Cable probably has because I've heard of it. Uh, that's probably because Cable's played it at some point. Possibly. <laughs> told me what it I is. I have talked about him before, I think. But um, no, not someone I've heard other than that. But it sounds intriguing, definitely.
3: I think you're definitely. I mean, I know Michael loves his electronic music, but I'm feeling that I'm giving you the tag of electronic music expert.
0: <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Maybe that's talk... just because that's what I talk about quite a lot. But...
3: Yeah. I mean, you both might be equal on both fronts, but Michael's hip hop, you're electronic. <laughs> Um, okay, okay. Clive, what what experts should we go for on you? What genre would you say? Can't put me in a box. Right. Um, <laughs> it would
2: probably be pop punk emo, I don't know. Plunderphonics. You know. folk, folk mate, Plunderphonics, yeah. I'm not a Plunderphonics expert. <laughs> I'll take that.
3: <laughs> right, okay. um are you ready for your introduction? I
1: don't know if I am, to be honest. <laughs> I know at least one of the uh, people you're going to mention. He's, is- uh,
3: he's frequently confused <laughs> for... NFL, X, NFL Sky sports expert Neil Reynolds. There it is. Michael Sierra and a common garden snail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't expecting and you <laughs>
3: His parents tried every school from primary to secondary, but in the end he got his education from the old school. It's Michael Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: right, well, we're going to venture into some metal now. And the the album in this case that I was hoping to talk about that's just come out is um, new album by um, one of my favourite bands, um, the mysterious French black metal band Deathspell Omega, with their new album, The Sinicity of Molten Bones. Um, <laughs> but Excellent. As I haven't managed to hear that yet because it only came out on uh, Friday and haven't got the CD yet. Um, well, lately we've been spoiled really with the amount of um, extreme metal bands coming out with new albums, very good new albums. Uh, some of the other notable ones for me recently were the new In- Insomnium album, uh, the new album from Meshiger. but I think certainly the one that Deathspell are going to have to beat probably for um, Metal Album of the Year is the fifth album, Shrines of Paralysis, by the New Zealand technical death metal band Ulcerate. Um, this, As I said, this is their fifth album. Uh, they've put together a string of um, very high quality albums now. Uh, I think... T- their their second album everything is fire is the one which really announced them as a forward thinking uh, very interesting metal band but uh, my personal favorite is the third album the follow up to that one uh, the destroyers of all which is one of the most titanic metal albums of this decade in my opinion um in terms of their style um they're very much the, they're, they are the band that the the tag technical death metal was invented for, I think. Um, <laughs> literally? Or? No, not literally. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I approached them from the atmospheric side though they're often been called atmospheric death metal to the extent that anything act- in that style actually exists. Again, these would probably be the closest. So I was more versed in atmospheric sludge, the likes of Isis, Neurosis, So I've, t- talk- I've talked about both bands before. Um, and Neurosis are a band that also have been compared to quite a bit. Um... So that's certainly a key part of their sound as well. Um, their fourth album, their most recent album before this one, uh, Vermis from 2013, I thought it was a bit more fiddly, um, but still very exciting. Um, but in, in on the new album, I would say they've, they've probably stepped back towards previous sound a little bit, but refined them perfectly. I think this is, in my opinion, arguably their second best album so far. It's... Typified by, the again, a style I've talked about before, um, the nauseating, six style of guitar, um, the so-called compositional whirlwind that you'd associate with bands like Deathspell Omega and Gorguts from Canada. Uh, but now the band has a run of albums of equal strength to their own name in their own right. And whenever, whenever I'm listening to albums as progressive and towering in their sound as this one, I always think of the way Spin Magazine um, described Lateralis by Tool back in 2001 when it came out uh, as a monolithic puzzle box. I think that's the perfect phrase to describe an album like this. It's, I mean, The sound of it is colossal, but it's, it's the musical equivalent of a magic eye puzzle for me. Um, it's going to not so much reward repeat listens as require them. It needs concentration and focus and to really be lived in, to reveal itself. And as you do, it's crammed with ideas... Uh, I mean, the way I'd describe Ulcerate is they build sonic terrain and then raise it back down with jarring tempo changes, unorthodox chord progressions, and a very healthy dose of dissonance, and the sequ- that, the impression it gives overall is probably a sequence of aural vignettes, which are a white knuckle ride to listen to. It's, to. To the uninitiated listener it will seem chaotic, but actually there's a masterful control at work in the music that they compose, and there are just plumes of ideas and sound coming at the listener. And I think they've as I said, the Destroyers of All was is certainly my favourite album to them by them to date. But this is just, this is one that's right up there. It's probably gonna challenge that. And it's the perfect refining of their sound. Um the anchor behind them really is the drummer, Jamie Saint Marat, who is recognised as one of Metal's finest drummers. The only drummer I could really compare him to, uh, not stylistically, but I'd compare him to a drummer I know I've mentioned as one of my favorites on the podcast before, the jazz drummer Tony Williams, because I could just listen to the drumming on its own um even to the extent that it does as I say anchor the rest of the proceedings it's just he's just carving out whole landscapes on his own at the drum set uh, It's really quite amazing and ties in very well with the overall sound. I would say the title track on the album is probably my favorite, but it's a one where. As I say, until you've listened to, the, to their albums a lot, it's very diff- difficult to distinguish between tracks. The whole thing will just blend into one assault, really, on the listener. And But I, from what, from listening to the album a good few times since it came out, the, the title track's probably my favourite, but there's a lot of competition for that. And really, the way I would summarise it is that this is a band really pushing at the horizon of model, modern metal's possibilities. And that it'd be very interesting to see... This album clocks in at just under an hour... Um, how, as I say I haven't heard the new Deathspell Omega album but by all accounts it's um, an absolutely crazy album which similarly is packed with ideas and compositional chaos and is, clocks in at a much more Clive friendly 27 minutes um, so yeah that'll be an interesting contrast to hear but Ulcerate have really set the standard for 2016 with this one love it
3: Right, <coughs> it's been a while since you've talked metal I feel is it? I don't, can't I don't remember.
1: Know. Probably since the last So Corbett, this, this, a this while, is isn't.
3: technical metal,
1: is it? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty technical stuff that I'm not going to pretend to understand myself musically. You know, I only go off how I feel when I listen to it. Um, but it's, it's clear that this is, as I say, a really skyscraping record in terms of ambition and achievement, um, comparable to some of the finest extreme metal bands out there. And I would say
3: they have been consistent enough now across albums to
1: really belong in that sort of company.
3: So we've had technical metal, we've had black metal. What else have we had on the podcast? Plunderphonics. <laughs> what, See, just metal-wise? Metal metal-wise you been introduced Sludge on the podcast? Pl- metal.
1: Sludge metal. yeah, I remember that. I didn't cover it in, in length, but I remember when I mentioned um, Four Phantoms by Bellwitch, and you were particularly amused by Funeral Doom metal. Oh, Funeral, <laughs> yeah, probably my favourite still, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: there's,
1: yeah, there's no end of tags, obviously. But at, at the end of the day, this this isn't um this is death metal, but um it's not necessarily going to appeal to people who are big fans of um your more typical iconic death metal bands, whether it's from carcass to immolation. It's not an area of metal I'm as well versed in as others. Um but this particular style that sounds like some of the bands I mentioned is very
3: much up my street. See, I'm just imagining when you say technical metal to me, I'm just imagining the front cover is like the schematic of a guitar, um, just blueprints, glow. <laughs> that's uh, so, well, it's that sort of idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I
0: imagine it means that the the, the, inst- the guitar work is quite you know technically impressive. You know yeah. what they're doing with the instrument. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, that's why I see it meaning. time signatures switching around, yeah, like technical. Like
1: that. Yeah, it's usually the way that the music's constructed is quite unconventional. Um, right, which yeah. is why it's, which is exactly why it needs to be listened to a lot before it starts to form a picture. Mm. Um, yeah, but, that's so an that's interesting concept.
3: I mean, I think you can get that in a lot of art. Like you can certainly get that in films. Oh, you yeah. can certainly get that in literature. But it's interesting, like um, being forced to take something in more than once to get a full. A lot of people don't have the patience for that. Probably myself included a lot of the time. But
1: yeah, exactly. Which is why this music's so underground. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
3: Mm. Has anybody else heard this? Cable, maybe I've
0: not. I've not heard it, but I have got a. I have had a quite a bad mouth ulcer recently. So, <laughs> <laughs> you need to ulcerate that back. So I'll come flooding yeah, back. I do, like, maybe I need some ulcerating in my life.
2: Right. <laughs> Clive. I've been to New Zealand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's um, quite, it, it is quite amazing that this band come from New Zealand. I mean, not known as a hotbed of technical death metal or anything like that. Um, like some of the other bands I mentioned from Finland and Sweden, you know what I mean. But mm. yeah, interesting.
2: I mean, New Zealand would have the opposite effect. He wouldn't make me want to do death metal. I'd probably just do very relaxed <laughs> reggae, Reggae. <But, laughs> <laughs> which is, to be fair, one of the main
0: or comedy folk. Music. One of their
2: favourite genres over there. They bloody love Bob. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds it sounds intriguing. I, I do need to listen to. You need to give me like one. Metal album that I should check out at some point, and I'll listen to it and then give my opinion.
3: Maybe something from the accessible metal subgenre.
2: Well, it doesn't need to be that too accessible, but yeah, not maybe like the Mentalist one. But (laughs) although sometimes that's the best way to go, though. Go the full hog. (laughs) Just dive in. Go
3: big, go go home. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. exactly. (laughs)
3: Right, okay. Uh, Clive, did you have a second one you want to talk about, or anything um, you've been listening to you want to mention?
2: Yeah, I don't really have a second one to talk about, but I wanted to mention a couple more just because I've been really enjoying them, and I didn't, in case they don't make it onto my top five, and I haven't talked about them there, uh, I think it'd be a shame if they don't get mentioned. Um, and they are the new album by Touche More, Stage 4, which is Touche More, post-hardcore band, I think, I think, I'm pretty sure
0: I, yeah, I
2: reviewed their last album, Um which this isn't quite as good as, but it's damn close it's really good, uh, similarly angry, the guy's furious, but he's furious about depression depression as opposed to politics, like most of the stuff I listen to um and it, this one in particular is about his it's pretty heartbreaking, it's about the death of his mother and um, that's a lot of a theme throughout the album and it's it's really really good once again, the back end band is on form over uh, you know meshing out these really kind of bombastic sounding. Big post-rocky uh, backings, although less post-rocky than the previous album, I'd say. But still, there's diff- definitely still elements of it there. Bit more riff-based, and um, backing to his kind of screaming. And uh, now and again, he does sing on this one, actually, so <laughs> which is yeah. a nice change. <laughs> but yeah, fantastic album. I've been listening to that
1: a lot. They're a band I've been meaning to listen to ever since I got into pianos become the teeth because I know them. Again, they were they were another one who were associated with this sort of emo post hardcore revival, but I've never listened. Yeah.
2: to them yet. Yeah, yeah. That I need to listen to more. I'm the opposite way around. I need to listen to Piano and more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, they keep getting recommended to me when I listen to Touche Morey. Um, yeah, just Touche Morey. I remember the first time I listened to the first the last album, I didn't get it straight away, and then one day it just kind of really clicked, and now I just love them. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, my friends who listened. Uh, is a big fan of kind of hardcore music. He doesn't. He finds the singing too monotone, and I can kind of see what he says. I mean, it's not singing; it's screaming, but it is quite monotone. But I like it for that. And yeah. yeah, I find even though that there, there is like the you pay more attention to the very small changes in his tone, <laughs> <laughs> right. just because he is that always doing it kind of the same, and also it sticks out more to me. I think I've mentioned before that if singing is too melodic, I don't pay attention to the lyrics, like it's some. Weird way that my head's wired. Um, the more melodic the singing is, the less I'm going to listen to the lyrics because my brain focuses more on the tune. Yeah, um, and that's one of the reasons I love Dylan because the, uh, I listen to every lyric because of the way he delivers it. Yeah, but and that's also a reason why I think I like this because it, the way he delivers the uh, the lyrics is a way that goes where the lyrics go into my head. <laughs> and The lyrics are really good, interesting, sort of yeah. and very desperate. <laughs> Um, And the other album is Tiny Moving Parts, which is kind of an emo pop-punk tour de force with... um, You mentioned sort of technical death metal. This is more, I suppose, maybe technical emo pop-punk. It has some quite sort of time-signatory, switchy-roundy... ...technically good stuff. Yeah, a little bit mathy, yeah, definitely. Not like over-the-top, but definitely a bit mathy. Yeah. And it's really, really good, uh, but still very accessible, and I'd definitely recommend that. And that was a band I hadn't heard of until my friend Paul... Recommended them to me, but I've been listening to it tons. So yeah, there are just two I wanted to mention before we go on to... The elephant, uh, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room, yeah. The Un big, bon elephant. The big discussion. There's been a lot of French words flying around this today. <laughs> there's, there's another one. So who, who wants to introduce the elephant in the room?
3: Um, not me. <laughs> I he doesn't know what it is. is. No, I'm... <laughs>
2: He hasn't spotted the elephant yet. Uh, well, I can introduce it in a very shitty way, but go, go on then, you. Clive. Go for it. Um, the elephant in the room is Bon. Is of course Bon Iver's new album, Twenty Two Million. It
0: seems like it came out a long time ago now, but I think ah, it's just because we've it's only been we've a couple of months, hasn't it? Months it's, three, a, it's been a yeah. while since we've had
2: a music. Pop. It has, uh, which came out on the thirtieth of September, wasn't it? Yeah. Of this year, having I think he released was it two or three tracks beforehand that I'd listened to. I think it was two, two possibly or th-
0: maybe three. I don't know.
2: Um, yeah, there's. I don't have much more to say. It's, it's his third album. He's got um, his first album was "Forever, Forever Ago." Second one, Boniver, Boniver, and I am a massive fan of both. Although I've probably, it's very difficult for me to pick a favorite, and it still is now <laughs> with this one. But essentially, he's a. I suppose he. It started off as a folk musician, that you'd say, wouldn't you? But then he's yeah. sort of expanded quite a lot. Like his last album had much more. Um, big sounding tracks with much more instrumentation. This one's gone
0: a lot more electronic, I'd say. Um, yeah. I and mean, he's always been a bit experimental, but I'd say this yeah. is the most experimental he's been. Yeah, probably. Um in terms well, of structure and instruments and things.
2: Definitely, yes. Yeah. So, so let's uh, let's go round and see what people think. Let's start with Michael. Okay, yeah. Um you well, I want mean, to see if you've got any pearls of wisdom about this.
1: I was am <laughs> a fan of "Forever, forever ago, um but a bigger fan of the uh, the second album self-titled. Um, but having had this album a couple of months I would say it might be my favourite I think it's superb the sound, as as you sort of noted it's, it's not hinted at, it's the perfect incorporation of more digitised style of music into the singer-songwriter mould that Vernon originally comes from and I think the album comments a lot on personal crisis and decay and the sound reflects upon that as well um, tracks like the tracks are all very strangely <laughs> named, so this is quite uh, difficult. I think Do you want it's a list bracket, a bit, bracket,
2: yeah. strange symbol. Yeah, track four.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thir-
2: should, sorry, go on. Go, on. go on. Sorry,
0: I was going to say at first it sounded a bit. Well, it probably still is a bit pretentious, isn't it? The title names and stuff. But I think it. I think he's just trying to. I think he likes the idea of getting away from the norm and like, like with his songs especially as well on They're, this album. They remind me of
3: Xbox Live gamer tags. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thirty-three.
1: A God is the one that was. Oh, just thirty-three. God. Yeah. Um. I mean, when I first heard that, but which was before the album's release, I just couldn't believe how perfectly it seemed to have progressed his sound. Um. It's it. Vernon's so economical with his vocals. Every line you really anticipate and hang off every, every single line that he delivers. The songs are so fragmented, so that tiny bits of music are just as memorable as hookier moments. Um. Circle is another huge standout. The slow-burning horns that build to really beautiful crescendo. My favourite as well. It's it's packed with moments like that. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't be a bigger bigger fan. At first, some of the more interlude-style tracks um, I didn't get anything from, but then on repeat listens I was more like, how did I not appreciate this before? I love it. Um, So, yeah, yeah, the whole thing... um, is uh is a very strong album. It's definitely one of my favourites of the year. That
0: track uh, Seven One Five Creeks, where it's basically just um, a cappella for most yeah. of it is one of my favourites. Um, yeah, definitely. One of the things I love about it is well about probably about all of his stuff is his his lyrics don't necessarily make sense and they're all a bit sort of random. But what I like about it is that you can different different people pick out different bits. Like I'll I'll when I listen to it with people, I've found I've I've sung one line and someone else has sung another bit of a line, and it's just I don't know. You, you sort of latch onto the different bits, and there's so much I don't know. It's just yeah, and they just you can sort of form your own meaning behind them as well, yeah. even though there is obviously meaning behind it, but it's sort of quite vague in what it is, and it's just yeah, certainly I'd agree with that. And the sound
1: of it is so autumnal, like it couldn't have come out at a mm. perfect time. Thirtieth of September, I think it was.
3: Um, um, he'd probably say it was fall-like rather than. There you well done, go. If, if you go
0: that, yeah. <laughs> Apparently Kanye West has once described him as uh, his favourite living artist, so
1: Yeah, well I was I was gonna say that we again pre another, or post meltdown. Pre, <laughs> I think. Yeah um, another way we've been spoiled this year is uh, releases by all of really all of the most forward thinking artists in commercial music. Um Kanye West, Bonnie Iver... Frank Ocean who his most recent album is also in my opinion a masterpiece I didn't want to speak about it at length because it is even longer since that one came out Um, so in that sense and then there's others that I don't personally necessarily um, love as much as those three but I'd put James Blake in there he released a new album which I haven't heard as yet um, yeah it's good I yeah. saw him actually a few weeks ago oh did you he, yeah he, yeah he was amazing um, as always yeah so we, we've not done too badly this year at all and this is certainly one of the finest examples of that my my
3: thoughts are very brief on this album because I've only really listened through it twice um, and to go back to what you were saying earlier about that metal uh, technical metal band was it Ulcer? Ulcerate, Ulcerate. Ulcerate. <laughs> Sorry. Um I feel that this I think this is a type of album that deserves repeat listens. Um, I've got to admit, I was fairly, fairly shocked at kind of the style of it to start with, uh, more uh, electronic in nature. Um, but no, I, I, I grew to love it. I mean, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, the first person who introduced me to bon Iver was actually Clive, although I didn't know who they were at the time. Um, or who Justin Vernon was, anyway. Um, but Michael. Let me steal his music, and um, <laughs> certainly one of my, my, my one of my favourite artists, one of the few artists as well who I will go out of my way to listen to a new release.
0: Um, well, one of the other things which I just remember, just thought about was um, one of the things I got from listening to it was nostalgia instantly, and f- f- I think that's because it's so it sort of echoes the previous two albums, and you get you sort of hear little bits which remind you of the previous two albums. Definitely. I don't know if you, yeah. either of you got that, but yeah, yeah I, I think the totally way great. I think I've mentioned this before,
2: like the the stuff it is there's bits of it which are quite inaccessible, but I think the way he sings has, hasn't really changed. No, yeah. And I think that's like you're saying, Michael, it's very economical. Yeah. And you do kind of hang off every little thing that he sings, mm-hmm. every line that he sings. He doesn't ever over <laughs> over sing anything, and that's kind of been a thing that's been throughout all three albums. I think. I think that's the thing that. You it's to not it just the vocals, makes you feel the, the, I, I remember
0: hearing little bits of the instruments which sort of reminded yeah, me there's
2: of... like obviously on Circles it's very similar to Beth Rest, isn't it? Yeah. It's things yeah, yeah. like that.
3: I mean, what's everyone's favourite track from previous two albums? Oh, on the previous two? Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't yeah, know. It's hard I, to pick them, to be honest. It varies. It always
2: changes. I, I really like Calgary and I do yeah. like Beth Rest. But off the first album, I don't know, it'd be hard to pick.
3: I really, like, I really like the opening track um, from the self-titled at Perth. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah that's really yeah. good too. Well, they're all really good. Holocene well, yeah. as
0: well. It's not self-titled. Well, <coughs> People get bon this wrong. Okay, whatever. Because <laughs> his name is Bon Iver and the title of the album is Bon Iver, bon Iver. So it's like double self-titled. <laughs> See, I never... It's not bon Iver, bon Iver, It's Bon Iver, Bon, Iver bon Iver. <laughs> <laughs>
3: See, it's always really confused. I like to, th- when I hear Bon Iver, I like to think, oh, that's a band. But then I think to myself, well, no, that's really just Justin Vernon. Plus musicians, yeah. it's not like. But at the same
0: time, you've got to give credit to the other musicians he's using. But there, but it is—it's it's not just for Justin Vernon. It is his, because he does other things. It's his project called bon Iver, If you know what I mean. Yeah, like his certain style of bon Iver is a thing, and yeah, I don't know. Definitely, it's really really good. Um, I think.
2: Yeah, it's just, it gives me a feeling that I don't get when I listen to other artists the first time I listen to a Bon Iver album. I remember the first time I listened to the yeah. second one, I was on the death train between Bolivia and somewhere, I can't remember when it was. <laughs> um, and yeah, I listened to it on that, it was pretty awesome.
0: This time was less epic, I think I was walking to work. But... <laughs> I listened to it at six o'clock in the morning when I was driving to some place. Each of his albums has sort of come at a different stage in my life, in a way. Mm-hmm. It always feels like
2: an event, doesn't it, when you listen to it, and it's, it has that kind of epicness to it, which yeah fits that. And Definitely, I'm glad yeah. it doesn't happen like I'm glad he
0: only releases them once every, you know, if
2: there's not but one I think every year.
0: One of the things he's sort of struggled with is, and which has come across a lot on this album, is the sort of fame and like everyone treating him as an idol. Um, I think he's sort of you know he's just a normal guy and he just wants like he's sort of struggled with the fame and all the attention, which I think comes across. Yeah. None of the um, in in none of the
2: promotional
1: material for the album was he um, photographed without his face somehow being obscured, which was clearly a comment on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, what where else are you going to hear an album with the lyric "fuckified" in it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He makes up words, doesn't he? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Is this the first, did he use samples on the last album? You, I don't
0: know actually. I, don't know, I think it was
1: just sort of moved. It seemed like it was moving in that direction,
2: which is why mm. I think it seemed so logical this time. Yeah, because um. one of my favourite um, things in the album is a sample from Fionn Reagan at that, on the last track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Days Have yeah, No yeah. Numbers. Yeah, yeah I, I listened to
0: that song after, and
2: it's really good. It fits perfectly. Definitely a really, really good album. It's going to be up there with Avalanches in my top five. It's going to be a tough, <laughs> tough call. And there's been some really it. good albums this year, so it's going to be a tougher. Yeah, like you say, Michael, and there's a few still I need to listen to, like Frank Ocean. Oh, yeah, a bunch Can't of other album. ones. It's been another, another great year, even when... Uh, it always feels
1: like with music, even if you get to like September, there always seems to be a slew of really strong albums that come out after that, even if up to then you think, well, it's not been that amazing. It seems like it always gets served at the end.
3: I, well, I feel like it's like that in most mediums, certainly in film. I'd say this year's been a fairly average year in film, but you're bound to get some great films coming out. It's Oscar season. It's
0: because of Christmas,
3: Mm. isn't it? Yeah, and it's probably the same with games, I would imagine, in terms of big releases. Yeah, before Christmas. Christmas,
2: yeah. Yeah, they release a lot of them, although they haven't quite... um, They're a bit stupid, in my opinion, but Mm. I don't know why they do it in games. particularly. to make money. No, but it doesn't, like, there's a couple of examples, wrong podcast for this, but... Yeah. Like, okay. they released Titanfall at the same time as <laughs> two other shooter games, and it hasn't sold very well at all. Whereas yeah, if right. they'd sold it in the bit where there was nothing else coming out, I bet it would have sold really well. But they just insist on releasing everything in November, which I think is a bit stupid, but... Short-sighted. Yeah. Oh, what are managing
0: execs?
3: <laughs> I know. Don't know what the fuck fucking yeah. doing. Right. Um there's not much of an update on uh stick around's new HQ. He said we were building it, still still building yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, putting down the laminate floor, um uh, putting like m- putting in a cat go- flap.
2: The floor's not gold then.
0: Who's building it?
3: Um some very, very dodgy contractors from Robert <laughs> Are
2: they I bet they're not Swiss then?
3: No, they're not Swiss, not Swiss.
2: Um, <laughs> Have you brought that, them in from one of the other countries?
3: Rather embarrassingly actually. Um the foreman is a, a former mentioned guest on this podcast, Roy Battersby. <laughs> it turns out that <laughs> he's only an author in his spare time. Um, uh, <laughs> we've had uh, some roofing and guttering problems, um, but we'll get it sorted. Uh, <laughs> cat flaps in, though. Cat flaps in, quite important. We're going to need to get a cat. Get your finger out, Roy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's working on the sequel to Felcher's Peril. To... Is that the problem? Is it? Oh uh, yeah, he's, that's, so he's
2: not putting enough time in. Yeah, he's just sat there thinking about his book rather than the actual. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: quite a good location. Problems. This though, we're right in the centre of Zurich, uh, <laughs> in a bunker.
0: <laughs> in a bunker. Yeah. Uh,
1: why, that's very impressive. Why are contractors from Rotherham building it in?
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I don't want to know. You, I what underneath. you got the Chuckle brothers doing it. Yeah, they're both Chuckle Brothers, yeah, <laughs> Paul and Danny.
2: do you. <laughs> you
3: just get the fucking thing in <laughs>
0: Christ. It feels
3: it feels right, I mean I don't want to cast aspersions on the lovely Chuckle oh, brothers, but you don't,
0: know. don't don't say it. Please don't say it. <laughs> you I train. know where you're going with this. You you uh, I think I know where he's going with this. <laughs> Anyway, I I do. Uh, on that note... <laughs> are they from Rotherham? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. They are.
3: <laughs> on that note... <laughs> let's, let's wrap this on up. On that note. Um, right, we'll be back next time with... I believe we're back around the films again, aren't we?
2: I think we probably are, unless we do a book. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah,
3: we'll see. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. Cheers, it's guys. been
2: hot. <sighs> Sorry, I was just in there. Uh, <laughs> Not a God. signal of uh, what's been happening on the podcast.
3: No fucks. Um,
2: yeah. Oh, plug time. Plug time. Oh, what time is shit. it, oh, uh,
3: I don't know. I don't know. I what don't time know. is it? Oh, is it plug the... time? You don't know what time it is? Oh, okay. that. No, no. It's 20 past six. Oh, right.
2: <laughs>
1: 20 past thought, six is plug I thought...
3: time!
1: <laughs> Well, I can only hope that Alex gets the plugs right, unlike when we went to Iceland. to his American adapted, didn't he?
3: Uh Oh, yeah, that was true. I managed to, instead of a European adapter, took an American one. Just trying to jam it into the wall and it just wasn't (laughs) happening.
2: (laughs) Did you break an Icelandic plug socket? Um, Do they have those two pole ones?
3: It's just like the European one. Yeah, Um, so like a
2: double pole situation. Anyway, three yeah. poles, I think. Everyone has three poles except the Swiss who don't care about earthing shit. <laughs> I, think they put, I think they earth it separately. No, they don't. just don't care. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can
3: subscribe to the podcast on whatever device you listen to, be it iTunes or whatever. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at stickaroundcast. You can follow us on Instagram at stickaroundpodcast. You can email us stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com. You can give us donations on Patreon slash stickaround.com. Give, p- give us your money! Give us your money. Give us your fucking money. Um, m- music related,
0: vaguely. Um, <laughs> uh, you can... can you can send us turds in a box. Yeah, send us turds one. to...
2: Ideally, put some pound coins in the turd.
0: Yeah, that's fine. No. We'll accept it. <laughs> Nothing too dirty. Um, <laughs> delving around in the turds? <laughs> The fiver uh, in there. You've got Roy doing that as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, Roy's doing that. No no joys too no job's too dirty for <laughs> me. <laughs> to me, to you. The chuckle brothers are on there. <laughs> um and please leave us five star reviews if you feel we deserve it, or if you don't, we'll take it either way. Uh, <laughs> Bit of a white lie in it. Yeah. Okay. Um let's get us up that list. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank the you list. very thank you very much. Oh, that's probably the worst plug time of all time. That, that was that it's was pretty was, good
2: actually, it was pretty good. It's yeah, not professional. Well.
3: Yeah, uh, but not not the charm of your usual bungling nature, Clive, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, it's too corporate. Yeah, that <laughs> party corporate. It's like, it's like you've been rehearsing it for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, see you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Stick see around. ya. Stick around. Stick around. Tara. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: very guttural Ryan. thank you all for listening rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe we the
1: fix
3: it's stick around